Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love, which is out as a Kindle ebook, paperback, and a podcast. Just search for Mask of the Gods, which is the name of the series, in whatever you're listening to me on, and it should be there. If it's not, let me know, I'll fix that. So today I would like to talk about The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina Part 2, and there will be lots of spoilers, but I will let you know before they actually happen, so that if you haven't seen it yet, you, you don't have to worry about getting spoiled. If you haven't already, and you would be ever so kind, if the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or the podcast in general, please do so. That helps out a lot, tells the algorithm to share me with more people. And speaking of sharing, hey, if you feel like it, why not share this podcast with some people that you think would like it. That helps me out a lot, too. Okay, so before we get into spoilers, let's just generally talk about this show. One, I can't believe how uh, dark and satanic it is. <laughs> I still can't quite get over that. And I, I have to, I feel like I have to prefa, pref, uh, preface words that I today, man. I feel like I have to preface this by saying, you know, I'm not averse to dark imagery. Like, I love Zeal and Ardor. I love Ghost. I, I like a lot of uh, dark and twisted things. It's kind of my lady jam on a, in a lot of circumstances. But to see a show being produced by a large company like Netflix that's willing to go, like, full on with the Hail Satan... And to show a character like Lilith in such a broad and varied way impresses me. My only real gripe about the show is, and I feel so weird saying this, but I, I kind of wish they had a little bit more sympathy for the devil. Because the way they portray the devil in this show is interesting. Satan is a very fascinating character, both in season one and season two of the show. And while I don't think that they necessarily have to show the Dark Lord as a hero or as a good guy, I think there is a little room for nuance in how they're portraying him, especially with the way they're portraying, you know, Lilith and some of the other threats. To me, also, I think the same thing goes for uh, um, Father Blackwood. I, I would like to see a bit more nuance in his character. Both he and the devil feel a little thin, which is a little upsetting for a show that has spent so much time personalizing, humanizing, and helping us understand the motives of many of the other antagonists, antagonists, and villains. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of wish it would go there. But, all in all, I really enjoyed the show. 
I like the actors. I like what they're doing. The special effects in season two were, oh, so good. I really like them. And wow, how part two ended. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's about all I can say without getting into spoilers. So if you have not watched part two of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, spoilers are incoming in five, four, three, two, one. Oh my goodness. So I, I had a rough idea as to where they were going to be going with the show just because of my, I, I guess I should say passing familiarity with the comics on which it's based, but oh my, like this season, it, it went there. It, it really went there in all of its darkness and weirdness and strangeness. And I can't wait to see what happens. So first off, I have to say, I'm very happy that the show has already been renewed for a third and a fourth season. That makes me very happy because part one was very good. Part two was, I don't know, jaw droppingly wonderful. Some of the stuff that they did with Zelda and with Ambrose and I, I feel like I'm really dating myself making a Simpsons reference here, but I, I really, every time, okay, every time, every time Salem is on screen, I, I feel like Homer when the Yakuza were outside his house watching the little guy, because, you know, at some point Salem's going to do something awesome, and we got to see... a touch of that in season one season two not so much but i just keep waiting to see what they're gonna do with salem because I, I feel like there's a secret there they're they're setting up something with salem i just don't know what it is yet so oh i, I don't even know where to start in this season sabrina's time at the school is not explained well when, when I talk about some of the things that I wish that they d did better, um, her school career confuses me. And I'm willing to go with it because the rest of the show is fine. And at least up to this point, you have Lilith in charge of her mortal school and Father Blackwood in charge of the Academy of Unseen Arts. But the idea that she can keep bouncing back and forth between these schools and somehow isn't being considered delinquent or failing out on either, as, as somebody who is a sickly child, I don't quite understand how that works. And I, I would like for at least a little hand-waving, a little bit better hand-waving, because... um. Zelda very early in the season, I believe it's in the first episode, when um, Sabrina says that she's going to focus herself more fully on magic and her magical career, basically says that she's going to call in and tell them that she's sick and get her out of school that way. And that makes sense. But eventually you, you have to start showing doctor's notes and all this other stuff and it's something that I'm probably way too um, focused on just because 
I, I, I was sick a lot in school when I was in school. So, you know, I, I, I think about those things when I watch it. And it's one of those things where the show in general does a very good job getting me to accept everything that's going on with her and her life. And in a way, understanding how magic works. I think we got a little bit better understanding of that in this season with the, you know, when she starts performing miracles, as they're referred to, and we see that everyone's confused because magic has a price, which is a very common trope in modern TV fantasy, and wondering what the price to pay is, and dot, 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 dot. But, I don't know. There, there's... The, the places where this season felt flawed were the experience of the reformations that both Father Blackwood and Sabrina tried to do to the Church of Darkness. That that felt weird. Um, and that's mainly because, you know, I have some experience in Church Matters. Not, not Satanic Church Matters, but, you know... I don't know. It it felt it felt very superficial, and I don't know. I I don't know what it is about this show that makes me feel like it has a depth that it probably doesn't have. I think it's a persistent illusion based on how much it pulls in from various mythological and religious sources, as well as literature and whatnot to fill in gaps in its own story that it makes me feel like there's a lot more going on than is, but I don't know. There are some things that even though we have shrank the seasons in the way that we have, and maybe we're going to get more of that with the church of Lilith in part three, but I, I, I just would like to see a little bit more about how all this works, how all this functions the actual relationships between the Dark Lord, the demons, and the Church of Darkness and the Church of Light. Because it doesn't make sense to me. And I don't think it necessarily has to. It's just, I think that would be a really fun thing to see them actually play with. And this is just, I think, you know, loss of you know, memories of Charmed and whatnot. But demonic bureaucracy can be a really funny thing to explore in a show like this. And I, I would just like to see more of that and get a little bit better understanding. You know, having said all that, this season was thoroughly enjoyable. Watching Roz, which I do wish we got more of, but, you know, it's a short season. You know, watching Roz develop and really come into her own, I, I do wish... We would have gotten more scenes of Roz learning how to use the cunning because her ability to control it towards the end of the season felt slightly unearned. I mean, we do over course of the episodes that we got see her playing around with the cunning more and learning how to use it. But I, I just felt like she suddenly down geared into super Roz by the end of the season. And I, I just, I don't know. I like her character a lot. 
and wish they would have dealt more with that. I thoroughly enjoyed Theo and the way they transitioned from Susie to Theo was beautiful and unrealistic. Um, not that I wanted people to really treat Theo badly, though they do. And in true Sabrina style, that's dealt with with magic. Um, but I don't know. I, I love me a trans character. Theo is a very interesting trans character and hopefully will be the spotlight of season three, just because I, I want to know more about why he can see ghosts and exactly what the relationship between him and his aunt Dorothea, who he names himself after is because we've gotten her backstory. We know she helped hide the witches and whatnot and help ferry them to Greendale. But come on, man, there has to be something more about Theo being able to see ghosts. So hopefully we'll get some of that in the next season. I I really loved how we got to see Harvey mature and grow this season. He's a fun character, even if he is a dum-dum and <laughs> a real dum-dum. And okay, I'm sorry. I did know if I was going to... There's an episode where Roz is worried that Harvey has feelings for, still harbors feelings for Sabrina. And I just turned to Brian when we were watching and I was like, oh, Roz, he's too dumb to have two thoughts in his head like that. Like he can't, he can't, he couldn't do that even if he wanted to, because that's too much for his mind to handle. And the show eventually kind of proved me right about that, but he is an ever lovable dum-dum and I love him for that. <laughs> and I, I, I kind of want more to come out of his terror reading and what he learned from that. And I like this idea that he can use his art to make awards. That's a very interesting thing in the series that he actually is between him and Theo and Roz, they are actually able to stop the apocalypse. That was really cool. But I don't know. I know he's got an aversion to magic because of, you know, zombie brother and whatnot. But he did learn how to, you know, Roz showed him these sigils that he was able to draw and put all over the ground so the gates of hell couldn't actually open up when she blew Gabriel's horn, when Sabrina blew Gabriel's horn. And I think that would be really cool to see him turn into some kind of a paper mage in some way, shape or form where he learns a bunch of these different wards and stuff that he can draw and use to do things. I think it would be an interest, a really fascinating adventure to watch him go on to see a mortal learn magic and how that would actually affect others, especially Zelda. Because between Dorian and um, Dr. Cerberus, we know that mortals are capable of performing magic. Because Dorian was somehow able to make his deal with the devil, and Dr. Cerberus was able to summon an incubus. So mortals have the capacity to use magic, 
but that's not fleshed out nearly enough. And I want that to be explained more because they've given us three characters with three distinct magical abilities that are not witches in Roz with the cunning with Harvey and his ability to draw these sigils that actually work. And with Theo being able to see at least his dead aunt, if not other dead spirits. And that's kind of the question that I need answered. Can Theo just see dead people or is it just his aunt? And if it's just his aunt, why? Why is she haunting them? Why is she still here? I, I, these are questions that I have going forward that I would really like them to go into. I, Doppelganger Sabrina was the funniest thing I've seen on TV in forever when they use the Mandragora to make a copy of Sabrina who has all of her powers and is just a flouncing, giddy, happy, Shirley Temple of Death. Oh my goodness, I loved her so much. And I like that they made it almost sad that she died. And that they gave Sabrina this wonderful moment of pathos where she held the dying doppelganger in her arms and was able to console her as she passed. Because that, that shows who Sabrina is. Because she wouldn't have just killed her. Even though she's just, just a vegetable. You know, she's not really real. But, yeah. And I, I would also like to know how she knew how to pull the rib out of um, Scarecrow Adam. That that would have been interesting to know. And this season actually used cannibalism in a way that I felt was appropriate. I thought they were just too cavalier with it in season one. This episode, it was so shocking and so sad when, you know, Lilith, you know, Ms. Ms. Wardwell, Principal Wardwell, got, you know, Frey Pied. I kind of felt like that's what was going to happen because, you know, how do you deceive the father of lies? But, oh, that was such a tragic episode. And I have to say, Lilith had the best character arc this season. And I'm glad that we got Miss Wardwell back at the end because that's going to be fun because we don't so we don't lose the actress. Because that kind of upset me when I saw that, oh no, Lilith's story's kind of over. Because I didn't want to lose, I didn't want to lose her because I love her so much. But Miss Wardwell's going to have a lot to contend with because not only was she gone for all this time, is she going to find out that she was dead? How is she going to reconcile being principal now when she doesn't remember getting, like, how are they going to deal with the missing time with the real Miss Wardwell. That's that's going to be something that hopefully they don't just hand wave in season two. I, I really would like to see them. I'm sorry, season three, part three. I really would like to see them deal with that and have to really come to terms with all of that because that would be fascinating to watch. All in all, they did such a good job 
with this. I am wondering if the season is going to start with Feather Blackwood being dead or still on the run. I'm hoping, in a way, that it starts with him being dead. Not because I want them to just kill him off off screen, but I, I don't want Ambrose to be gone for all or most of the next season, because I really like Ambrose as a character. And Prudence, for that matter. But, I don't know. We're going to see what they do with that. A lot of questions are left. They did such a good job with the season. I would love to know what you think. So, definitely let me know. I have started a... I put a post over on Twitter for us to discuss the episode. I'm going to be doing that every day now. So that's a good place to go and talk with us I'm C about this. I'm C. Dorset on Twitter. So you can go find that. That'd be awesome. You can also go to anchor.fm, download the Anchor app, follow Project Shadow, and send me a voicemail message. Because that would be awesome as well. If you haven't already, and you can, please rate this episode or this podcast. It really does help out a lot. And if you've got a dollar you can throw my way, that would be brilliant. In the show notes, you'll see a link for Anchor Community Support. If you click the link, you can join the project at the $1, $5, or $10 a month levels. That really seriously helps me do everything that I do. And it means a lot to me. And thank you to everybody who does that. For those of you who prefer Patreon, um, I am going to refresh my Patreon and mainly fix the rewards that are over there, but we'll, we shall see. I'm working on that. But thank you to everybody who already does do that. If you don't have the money or don't feel like giving right now, that's fine. Just please share this podcast with others that you think would enjoy it. Thank you all so much for everything that you do. And until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.